It's a Read Me Romance podcast. I don't know. Okay. Jesus Christ. We, we, took, okay. we took an hour break between <laughs> recording and now I'm just like, I've lost all my words. I know. It was my fault. I'm trying to get tickets to see Rage Against the Machine. And I got them. She got them. She, she got the four tickets. I got them. I'm so excited. They're going to sell out in like two seconds. It's got to be I gone. Know it. I was like, I'm just going to get these and get out. Just get out. Just get out. So I got them like I stole them. Only I paid a fuck ton of money. There's for. no way around it. I tried to get tickets to see Taylor Swift no. recently for my daughter. And I was like, I don't. I was like, yeah. I'm not doing that. No. Crazy. God, it was like, it's crazy expensive. I mean, it was like $500 for four tickets. That's actually, that's not bad. It's nuts. To be honest. Like in this, in this climate. In yeah, this day because, and age. I mean, you know, yeah. like $180 <laughs> to see Billy Joel. And I was like, he plays yeah. every month yeah. in the garden. Yeah, yeah, he's always around. That's why I felt about Rage. It was like, they're, you know, I told you guys earlier, so they're doing this huge tour but they're only coming to one city in the southeast, and it's in Raleigh. And it's like two hours from me. They're not going to Atlanta, which is huge. Everybody goes to Atlanta. Run the Jewels is playing with them, and those guys are from Atlanta. Like, are you shitting me? Like, I'm just, I, I feel like it was a conscious effort to not go to the southeast. And that's fine if that's the statement you make. But Raleigh is not the city you should have picked <laughs> out of the southeast if you're making they're the gonna statement. They're going to add a third, they'll add a second so. show. This is what they do. I think. You I don't, don't think, think so. They will. I think a lot of these. No, they playing. They're playing the day before in DC, or the day before in in Pittsburgh, and the day after that in DC, and then the day they're playing us, and then the next day they're in New York. Like they don't have any break in between. There's no way I they could add why a show. They do that if, like, because musical acts like this is how they make money now. They don't make money on album sales. So why yeah, not? if yeah. you know you're gonna mm-hmm. sell out a venue, I mean it's like stay an extra night and make double the money it's crazy you know it's gonna sell out but you know what this is like but it's rage against the machine i mean this is like beyonce all she has to do is flex and be like i'll do what There's, i want like if i don't want to go to your city yeah, i don't have yeah, to i guess you can make the rules when you're that successful but there's a yep. who's the um, guitar player or maybe it's the lead singer tom something is he the lead singer of rage against the machine he has a book out um, that sounds really interesting. And also he hosts a show on mm-hmm. Sirius Satellite Radio. So Does he? Yeah. Oh so wow. He's really interesting. He was like a mm-hmm. kind of like a wild child with like a genius level IQ. And um yeah. just like was very hard to get him to like, you know, focus and settle down. And yeah, um, yeah. but he was uh-huh. just like he had this energy. Well. <laughs> yeah, he had this like anarchist inside of him almost you know mm-hmm. yeah it's really cool that's cool he's, he's interesting i want i started watching cheer leah i wanted to let you know <laughs> what do you think where are you at tell me what's wa- going on I've in the episode the you're episodes. in oh my god so you've met jerry god bless fucking jerry I let me tell you he is the purest most wonderful human being that ever what existed a- he just wants everyone to succeed he's like yeah you do you yes go girl go and he's just screaming his mat talk is amazing i know i'm i can't believe i know what that means now i've got all the verbiage like i'm ready for another season i want to see navarro go again let's do this i'm so interested in the parent the parents of what's her name gabby's parents 
So there's yeah, this parents, one, there's yes. one girl on the team. Oh my god, Mel would love this shit. I don't no. know why I you're not watching about, about it. I've been rewatching. Yes, Housewives. I'm gonna be honest. It took me two no, episodes watched, to get into cheer. Watch cheer. Have you watched the Queen of Versailles? Yeah, no, I gotta watch I it on Amazon. To... I think. I don't know. Yes, you have to watch it on Amazon. It's three ninety nine to rent it. I had to look that up the other day. But I need you to watch it, Mel, and then do live video in in our headquarters group and discuss it because I feel Is like this couple still together. You know what to say. Yes. Today. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. There's, yes, you've got, I'm telling you, this is like a housewife one-on-one. You're going to die. It's so good. Okay. But anyway, so go back to the team. So there's this girl on the team. So they're all varying levels of, well, they're all very good at what they do. This is the top. They have reached the pinnacle of, of, of um, competitive cheerleading at this school. At this, which is so crazy because it's like a, it's like a junior college in Texas. Yeah, it's a junior college in the middle yeah. of nowhere in Corsicana, Texas. It's two hours and south of Dallas. Gone, <laughs> and, you know, like, I understand the urgency behind cheerleading now because this is – there is no professional cheerleading. So, I mean, you have the, the, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, but those are just dancers. They're not doing anything complicated. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, obviously, what they do is hard. I'm not saying it's not hard, but – they don't get thrown up, but it's in not like competition and, and cheer. Yeah, these things. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. gymnast performance. But anyways, there's this girl Gabby on the team who um, apparently she started a YouTube channel when she was like maybe ten, and kind of like skyrocketed to popularity because you know all these little cheerleaders would go on YouTube and watch her, and now she's on this this team at uh, Navarro College, and she's definitely the best one there. I mean, I think at this point on mm-hmm. the episode, yeah, that yeah, I'm on, she's amazing. And her parents are mm-hmm. like cheer parents, like, and the way they oh God, interact with each other is like they hate each other's guts. Oh, you should listen. So they asked. Um, she was interviewed on Ellen, and Ellen asked her. She was like, "So how do you deal with you know the flack that your parents have caught about how they treat you and stuff on the show?" And she said, "I think it was a moment for all of us to realize that maybe our relationship wasn't as healthy as it should be." And it's just like the the more you watch this cheer episode, like there's one point when her sister started this bikini line and she wants Gabby to promote it. She was like, you need to be posting every day on Instagram that's bikini tagging us in it. Like we agree to do this, right? Like you're, you agree to do this. Are you going to do this? And she's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause she's got millions of followers on Instagram. And her sister's just, like, pushing this line. And I'm just like, her family is just using her, her celebrity, you know, to, to front and their endeavor. it's endeavors. so funny because you've never heard and of it. It's awful. Like, you've never heard of Gabby, no. whatever her name is. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden, you're in this It's kind of like the romance community. Yeah, where if, like, you're in this world, you know it. And if you're not, it's, this has opened my eyes. Can we do a Netflix on series romance. on romance, the romance world? Because I'm telling this shit opened my eyes where I'm like, I used to love watching competition cheer on ESPN. And I know we talked about this when I was telling you about the show, but God, like seeing the behind the scenes shit is even better. It's, it really is like reality TV. I'm it's so, so fascinated. Good. I really like the girl, um, Morgan. Lexi? No, I like Morgan. Oh, you know, I like Morgan. She yeah. From, she's like, an really angel. Backgrounds. Yeah. Like this really poor family. And she's like, you know, this is my one chance to make it. 
And she's like, you know, I've, I've got to make the most. It's kind of like the Olympics. When these gymnasts go to the Olympics, they were like, I have one chance, one shot at this one Olympic. I won't make it to the next yeah. one. I won't be back. Like, I'm, I'll be too and old. And they've been working then. on it for their you whole know? life for this one time. Yeah, yeah to lead so to that. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. dramatic. But it's I inspiring. agree with you that they should do yeah. a Netflix um, docu-series on romance, uh, the romance community, because I don't think people realize, but I think it's not out of the question based on what's you know, the whole, I don't know yeah. if you guys are aware of this and I'm not going to get into it, but the Romance Writers of America imp- oh, yeah, basically yeah. What's going on the last has imploded. And I think mm-hmm. the final members of the board resigned yesterday. Like, that's it. I think so too. And so like, mm-hmm. that's been getting a lot of tension because there was some, there was some uh, mm-hmm. racism just like ingrained in, yeah. in everything they did. Mm-hmm. And people finally, I guess... Some people were aware of it because you can't not be if you are a marginalized person. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. everybody else kind of, uh, you know, just jumped in and realized what was happening and demanded everybody get the fuck out. And they have. And but it's it's very interesting just in this little community of romance, how big the problems are and, you know, how much they affect everybody uh, like you know, especially people that trusted the, an institution and, and, you know, they weren't being given the same respect and things like that. But anyways, I think that a, a romance docuseries, I would watch the shit out of that. Oh, my so God. It was so Actually, good. Can, can we, we produce this? It? Can we make can this I, happen? There was, um, yeah. there was, I turned on CBS Sunday morning this Sunday and they were doing a special. Yeah, audience, yeah. And it was like Helen K. Diamond and I Alyssa saw that. Day and, um, Alyssa Cole, sorry. And um, yeah. it was cool I, just to see people I know on TV and and them talking about how mm-hmm. it's such a popular industry that nobody knows ex- is this big. And um, mm-hmm. it's cool. It is its own big world. It's huge. Big, yeah. small yeah. world. Just like cheer. It's just big, like cheer. small world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I had something that I wanted to talk about that I wrote. I made a note that says hygiene. And so, um, so I've done something for the month of February. (laughs) Yes. I'm saying you bitches need to put on deodorant. I can smile you through my screen. So no, I did something and I started it and I don't know what motivated me to do it, but I did. So at the end of February, I was like, I'm going to start the Korean beauty regimen. I'm just going to do it. Like I have most of the stuff to do it. It, it, For those of you who don't know, it's a 12 step skincare regimen. 12 step every every day. Yes, ma'am. At, you do 12 at night and I think seven in the morning. I'm already, I'm out. Yes. I'm out. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm just, I was like, I'm just going to give this a go. Our friend Jen Frederick has been on us all about skincare since the moment we've met her and she's got incredible skin. So my other thing is, is that I've called it floss February and I have flossed every fucking night in February, every night, because while I'm doing this whole like beauty regimen, I have to wait at one point for something to dry. So I floss my teeth and it's been amazing. So I've actually like taken the initiative to take care Before of Before that, how often were you flossing? At least for, not Ever? at all. But let me tell you, no. Never. And let me tell you this, though. I will be 39 in June, and I have never had a cavity. So let me just say I've got good genes because my brother and my sister both have never had a cavity ever, and none of us floss. And I usually only brush my teeth once a day in the morning. So anyways, so I did this, and I was like, you know. (laughs) Oh, I know, right? Right? 
But I'm telling if it works, why change it up? Yeah, okay. So, so, but so normally when I go to bed, I would just go to bed. I wouldn't even like wash my face or whatever. And I was like, I've, you know, I'm going to be 39 this year. Like it's time to maybe just take a little initiative, maybe just splash a little water before I go to bed. And so, um, so let me read you this skincare method. Okay. Cause I have it saved on my phone. I have a picture of it and I have to actually pull up the picture every night so that I do them in the correct order. So there's eight steps in the morning. When you wake up, you wash your face with just water. You apply toner, essence, and I don't know how to say this word, but it's ampoule, ampoule, A-M-P-O-U-L-E, ampoule, ampoule, I don't know. Then serum, eye cream, moisturizer, sunscreen. You're going to do that in the morning. Then when it's time for bed, you're going to do a double cleanse. And I've been doing this for at least two years now, and I really like this. So a double cleanse is when um, you take an oil-based cleanser because oil is attracted to oil. So you put that on first and it attracts all the oil on your face. And I use Clinique's Take the Day Away because it takes off your makeup amazingly. So I use that and then you follow it up with another cleanser that has um, like an acne thing in it that has the salicylic, what is it, the acid or whatever. Is it salicylic that acid? That, that, that word is a word. <laughs> yes, that's a word. <laughs> and so... I, I use a, a, like a foaming face wash. So those are the first two things you're going to do. You're going to like basically clear your face. Then you're going to exfoliate, toner, essence, ampoule again, serum, sheet mask, eye cream, moisturizer. No. That's your steps tonight. Like it is, it's heavy. That's too it's much. like, it is Especially a the sheet mask. It is that's, a full regimen. You know, that's that was some one of the forums did say that you could um you could substitute like the essence and the ampoule and the serum for a sheet mask. So at night you could just do that and that's three steps together. But like if you just look up Korean Korean beauty skincare steps, you can find it anywhere and it'll tell you all the steps in the order to do it. It doesn't take long actually, because essentially you're doing two things at once while you got your face in the water. Cause you're, you cleanse once and then you cleanse again. So you do like the double with the oil base and then the acne one. And then the other stuff, it's just like rub, get one, rub, get one, rub, get one. Like you're just doing it. You know, I just line my bottles up and I just go down and I'm like, okay, all right. and I will say like, my face is soft, like, but I don't care about it being soft. Like, that does nothing for me. I'm like, how does it look? And do I have wrinkles? And so far, like, I've only been doing the full 12 steps for, like, two weeks. So I can't tell, like, a ton of difference other than it does feel very soft. I feel like it is starting to look more even, and the pores on my nose are getting smaller. That's so really that was a big to me. thing. I have too. really big pores on my nose. Yes, I have really yeah. big pores so on my nose. I, my, this is my question: Is there like a twelve step uh-huh. kit you order, or do you have to buy all this individually? Yes, that would be the deal breaker. Yes, and Jen Frederick even said you can get it at Costco. Like she said, she got one at Costco that was really good. Like it was from and a Korean beauty all brand. This stuff? In the, in the kit you can buy very i don't know about the kit i didn't i don't have costco so i don't know how much it was if i mean it has to be probably around a hundred dollars yeah. i would say in that in that price range now the things that i have that i use on my face i have like 
two products that are pricey that are probably like 60 or $70 a bottle. Now those things will last me a long time, but I also go super cheap. Like on my face wash, it's just um, the uh, Aveeno. Like I just use an Aveeno face wash I get at Walmart because it's the same. That's what it says to use. Like uh, like a, it's like 3% salicylic acid foaming face wash. I just use that. And the Clinique Take the Day Away, it's like 17 or 18 bucks that's or good. something for a bottle. Yeah, and then like the the serum, I did spend extra on that. I got the Clinique one that's for like aging and wrinkles. I I spent a little more on that, and then Jen actually sent me a link because I was asking about a good um, exfoliator, and I was like, you know, that's a one you want to spend money on. You know, anything that's gonna abrade your face, you want it to be high quality. So that was the one, and I can't. It's like it sounds like Anthropology, but that's not it. <laughs> Something like that. Like that's the name. Anti. Maybe you can post some know. of the stuff in the headquarters. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'll take a picture and I'll post it in headquarters. Wait, do a fast so some motion. of it I feel okay, like is, is really affordable. You, you do a fast motion capture. Oh of your, shit! <laughs> uh, of your beauty regimen at night. Yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, I can do that. Does a tripod. I can do, do that. a fast motion capture. Okay, and that would be fun. I got Our it. Our Ruby Ribbon okay, headquarters is on Facebook. Yes. It's a girl. Yes. If you, wanna see, if you want to see so, uh, Leah um, trying to minimize her pores. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I don't, I don't I know have, Okay, so I have for, one but. thing. I, I had Pat buy it for me because I saw somebody – I saw a couple people posting about this skincare product, like, on Instagram and Facebook and things like that and how great mm-hmm. it was. So I had Drunk was Elephant. Was it the yeah. one? Is that the one you got? Yes. It's the Drunk yeah, Elephant yeah, okay, Night okay. Serum. So I – Do you like it? I love it. So I got Ooh. a travel size one just to test it out. And uh-huh. it firms my skin. Like I can, I put it on and I can feel it Ooh. firm my skin up and my skin mm-hmm. feels really good lately. I just like it. Mm-hmm. I like everything about it. I feel like it's, um, I think it's like the best skin product I've had and it's really pricey. Mm-hmm. So I just want to, it's not, well, it's $90 yeah, yeah. for the big bottle. Yeah. I know. I saw it on there and I was just like, I want to see if I can stick to this regiment before I actually invest in higher quality pro not higher quality higher price products because i mean there's there's lower point like dr jart is very affordable and i love their products like they're so fresh they feel so hydrating but like i said you know some people are like like um you know i had a friend that used like that watermelon mask and she's like, oh, my skin's so soft. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not crazy about the smell, but I'm also like, soft skin's nice, but I want mine nice. to be like yeah. clear. Yeah. I want mine to look like porcelain. Yeah. Okay. Like, can I get like some, can I get some sort of a filtered look on my face? That's what I want to look like. I'm wearing a filter. My suggestion would be to so. try the travel size of the night serum of Drunk Elephant okay. and just yeah. see if you, if it's, if your skin mm-hmm. responds to it the same way mine did. But yeah. I have one product that yeah. I want to recommend since we've been talking about pricey stuff. I, I yeah. bought this yeah. Milky Piggy Carbonated Bubble Clay Mask. It's seven ninety nine on Amazon. And yeah. I I swear by this. It's a Korean product. Yeah, it's oh, a it's Korean good, product. Huh? Um, nice. You basically rub it on your face and it foams up. Like the bubbles are like stand Ooh. out like an inch from your face. So you look like a bubble monster. And when I you wipe it that. off, I'm telling you, there is not a, a speck of dirt in my pores. Like, they're completely clear. It's, Holy uh, shit. It's, it's the best money I've ever spent. It's that. Amazon's choice, too. Please send me, please send me that link. Because uh, I want play that. Milky Piggy. I'll send, I'll send you the link. But it's the best $7.99 I've spent. Mm-hmm. Really good. I'm um, down for it. Yeah. 
And a lot of the stuff, I will say, I got a few things at like TJ Maxx. I got a bunch of their face masks because that's part of it. The regimen and I use a sheet mask. And I've gotten several of them just at TJ Maxx. Like you can get a 10 pack for $7.99 or something like that, you know, where it's like, I mean, who gives a shit? You know, you're yeah. doing it every day. It's not like you're doing it once a month and you're expecting huge results. You know, I think it's supposed to be a collective effort of doing this, doing this regimen in the right order. I think it's supposed to give you like the best results. All right. So, and in the same vein of this, um, I know we talked about Oscars on Monday, but, um, I don't know if you guys saw the commercial that was rejected by the Oscars. Yeah. Did you see that? The postpartum oh, yes. one? yes. Talk about this. So, okay. Yes. So there was this company and it's called, um, Frida. And, um, so they submitted a commercial to the Oscars to play during the Oscars and the Oscars rejected it. And it, there, it wasn't graphic. Like I watched the commercial. It wasn't graphic. It didn't have anything crazy on it. Well, Frida is a product they, that they, they supply products to women postpartum. So after you have a baby, um, you know, especially vaginally, if you like are bleeding a lot, they give you this thing to like rinse out your, like the inside of you. It has like a bottle that has like a, it's angled up so you can hold the bottle. There's a foam you can spray in your underwear. And if you've had a baby, you know how like awkward and awful that is like wearing those huge diaper pads, like the mesh underwear waddling to the bathroom. So that's what this commercial is. It starts out with a baby crying and a woman flips on a lamp by her bed and she's got this big belly, like that's kind of flat and squishy. Like she just had a baby. She's got on the mesh panties and a bra and like a nurse, like a maternity nurse and bra. And she's like waddling to the bathroom. And then while she's in the bathroom, she's trying to like pull them down and like cleanse herself. And she has to get up and like clean up and like wipe herself. But it doesn't show like blood, although we're all experienced with that. But um, so it's not like graphic in that nature, but it's just the whole process is very intimate and it's but it's real and like I watched that and I was like oh shit I remember that like I did I had cesareans and I still remember that like the amount you're bleeding and trying to clean up and you're sore and you hurt and your boobs are swollen and like your whole body's not your own and there's a baby crying in the we background talk about that part and of so it. I mean you, we talk about how much la- no labor is but the labor is, but nobody body. talks about the after yeah. shit. Jesus. The episiotomy, like, and that was, I mean, you know, like. Oh my God. Yeah. I was so fortunate. I didn't have that. And I just think like, I don't know what I would have done if I did. The C-section was hard enough. Can you imagine? for a week because I couldn't sit down. Oh God. Well, and that was the commercial. It said, it said postpartum shouldn't be this difficult, Frida. And then it shows the products that they use. And all you do is pull it, all you do is pull your mesh underwear down, you spray the foam in your underwear and then pull it back up. And it's like a numbing thing. Like you don't have to reach in the toilet and spray it on you and like, you know, get around your belly and stuff. Like, you know, there's none of that, like wash it. Like you don't have to do any of that. You spray in your underwear, pull them back up. That's it. Change your pad. Which ads get rejected. Fuck them. I don't know. It's like, how many fucking (laughs) men do you think were watching the Oscars is what I want to know. Get off. My dick. Like Bowl. I was, it was so- the Oscars. No, it was Maybe the Oscars. Maybe it was the PETA ad that got rejected for the Super Bowl, but uh, but yeah, oh, I, I, don't know. I, I know yeah. it got rejected from something huge. It's like, yes. <sighs> I think women are just so sick of like not talking about things that are uncomfortable for other people. Like I, yeah. I heard that always mm-hmm. Ultra. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about the brand, but one of the major companies that advertises sanitary napkins is going to start using red liquid in the commercials 
when they good because instead of the blue shit they pour into it to show how absorbent yeah, it is, yeah. they're gonna start pouring red liquid yeah. because like we bleed and everybody like yes. what everybody could just get every used to other it. person yeah. doesn't yeah um, uh it's just yeah, so like that that ad was really it's really good. I encourage you to go see it. And there was oh, there was a celebrity that that posted it just like yesterday too. That were like, I used this product. It was amazing. Went for my postpartum. Oh, um, Ashley Graham yes. is that the plus yeah. size model? She just had a baby. Yeah, she she posted. Yeah, oh, she, she posted it up too. Yeah, she did. She has a podcast too, and I forget the name of it, but it's so sweet. She records, she video records her podcast, but it's super professional. Like, it's like she's interviewing like with Oprah. Like she's on this beautiful couch and stuff, and I'm like, "Fuck you and your podcast. That's amazing." But she is. She's talking to her husband in one of the, her most recent podcasts, and they bring the baby out on the video, and she's talking about the moment she gave birth at home, and she said, it, "She said there was a moment when you said I see his head," and she said, "I reached down and I felt." It and she was like, and I just needed that in that moment. I just needed that strength that oh you gave God. it to me. And I was just like crying when I was watching it. And I was like, I'm not making that, I'm not making that sobbing forever. That not being tasteful. It's just that I did. I was yeah. so on. I was so unable to do anything but squeeze whatever was near me. I could never have had the consciousness to oh. reach down and touch the head. I was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was so. Uh huh. In my yeah in, yeah in the horrors you know I guess I could say I was just like <laughs> I, I didn't even I didn't even care that it was a baby I was just like for that, for that, for that forty five minutes to an hour of pushing it was like um, yeah a horror film I'm sorry the chimes are going off on the the church across the street it goes off at twelve o'clock every day so if you guys are hearing music that's what it is okay so I don't know if we mentioned yet that this is Sierra Cartwright week we mentioned it yes. Monday at, at twenty six minutes and we're apparently doing the same exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it again we're keeping it even yeah. steven guys okay so we're gonna go ahead and play the second half of scandalous billionaire uh by sierra cartwright it's now it's out in ebook right now so if you finish it and you want to read it with your eyeballs go click it and she also has a book that's free <laughs> right now it's called <laughs> it's called the first book no. in this series is <laughs> the titan series it's I in the titan, titan series something billionaire it's in the titan i'll series. link it no, up for you this is the billionaire it's one. something billionaire no, we'll have so, it for I'll, you she'll understand series, every book has a billionaire oh okay okay so a billionaire the, the first title. book in the titan series by oh, sarah okay. cartwright is free so go click it and then read the rest of the series so you can savor it it's gonna be amazing Okay, here's the second half of Scandalous Billionaire by Sierra Cartwright. We'll talk to you on the other side. Bye. Bye. Chapter 4 Lizzie's breath threatened to choke her. Once again, she was in his closet, in front of the open drawer. Though the rope intrigued her, she couldn't make herself reach for it. Anything? He asked again with complete patience. The, um, he waited. Now that she was with Braden, she understood the allure of BDSM. He could offer her the world, and she was eager to experience it. Can we start with the red tie? Excellent choice. Please get it for us. She'd expected him to press the button that would slide out the rack, but instead, he waited for her to do what he said. His first command? A seductive mix of fear and excitement unfurled in her stomach. 
Even though her finger trembled, she did what he said, then plucked the silky tie from its hook and offered it to him. Instead of accepting it right away, he continued to look down at her, overwhelming her. Please extend your arms, then cross your wrists. Mouth dry, she did so. Only then did he take the tie from her grip. Do you know what a safe word is? I've heard the term. Standing before him, naked, talking about it as it referred to her, them, unnerved her. His gaze was intense, and she couldn't look away. Tell me what you know about it. This conversation shouldn't be difficult. After all, they were going to be intimate in moments. It's a word that I say if I'm... What? She realized she knew so little about BDSM that she wasn't certain exactly when she might use a safe word. Scared? Or if something hurts? Yes. He nodded. And more. If you use a safe word, our play will stop immediately. Play? It didn't seem like it to her. For example, he began to wrap her wrists. The bond wasn't tight, and no doubt she could slip from it if she wanted. He tugged it tighter. Let's say I'm doing something. You're into it, but then you change your mind. Or something happens mentally, emotionally, or physically. Like you said, you might get scared, or remember a bad experience, or even get a body cramp. Anything that happens that pushes your boundaries. It was more complex and intriguing than she'd imagined. A lot of people use the word red, and some avoid stop or no. In a scene, the bottom might want to scream no or stop while the- Bottom? Ah, sorry. He grinned. A top is the person who is in the more dominant position for the sake of the scene. The bottom is the person who is submitting. In some relationships, people can be switches, meaning they go back and forth between the roles. This was new to her and a little confusing. I thought the terms were dominant and submissive. They can be, but the words have meaning, and until you fully offer your submission, I prefer these terms. How utterly dominant of you. It is, isn't it? He quirked his eyebrows in a way that was adorable, but also mind-blowingly ultra-sexy. While she was staring at him, he yanked on the tie and she gasped. Have you selected a word? I'll go with red. He tightened it a little more. Say it. Now? Yes. Red. She whispered, even though she didn't want to. Instantly, he loosened her, setting her free and stroking the tiny marks he'd made. That's how it always works. You have my word that I'll always care for you. Even if you're into it? Why had she even asked that? I mean, there are times, right? Like during sex. Your needs come before mine. It's my obligation as a top to care for you. The idea was new and thrilling. Is there anything I need to know? Fears? Phobias?
things you absolutely wouldn't want to do. Her brain clouded over. Honestly, I'm having trouble thinking. Then we'll discuss things as we go forward. Blindfolds? That sent a little wave through her. I think that's okay. Being tied while I ravish you? He grinned. Ravish? I intend to do precisely that. Yum. Being tied sounds interesting. Spanking? Her knees weakened, and he put a steadying hand beneath her elbow. Maybe. I, yes. Images crashed into her, being over his lap with her buttocks upturned, or face down on the bed with her hands secured and wearing a blindfold. As long as it's not too painful, that scares me. You're important to me, sweet Lizzie. For me, the point of this is your pleasure. Skepticism made her furrow her eyebrows. Really? Most definitely. Then he grinned in a slow, measured way that bound her to him in a way that ropes or ties could never do. Don't misunderstand. Nothing excites me more than the idea of turning you on. Blowing your mind, even. That sounds like a tall order, Mr. Gallagher. You'll be the judge. You have your safe word. In time, you'll learn to trust me also. Perhaps stupidly, she already did. Anything else you want to try? I'm curious about, um. Talk to me, he encouraged. We need honesty for this to work. She had never been braver in her life than she had been at this moment. Maybe a blindfold, too. Would you like to choose one? He slid open his third drawer. There were several nestled on crushed velvet. Why do you have so many? They're different. That one, for example, is bigger than the others and thicker as well. Total blackout. Others are made from different fabric, and they let in varying amounts of light. So it depends on the experience you want. I'm confused again. I thought the dominant, or top, always makes that decision. When we've been together for some time, I will. That takes trust, and it takes me knowing where your limits are. She studied the selection again before selecting one from the middle. Not too thick, but one that would cover her eyes completely. Excellent choice. If it becomes too much, use your safe word. Lizzie nodded. I will. Next, he picked up a small flogger. Her heart stopped. No matter how hard she tried, she couldn't look away from it, or his hand. Hold this for me, please. For a moment, she stared at it, wide-eyed, as if it were a serpent. She wasn't sure whether it was sent to tempt her or bite her. With his head cocked to one side, he waited for her compliance. This was a mindfuck. He had expectations of her, but she was able to say yes or no. After blowing out a breath that she hoped would clear the sudden fog in her brain, she accepted the handle. It was thick and sturdy, but lighter than she expected, 
make a figure eight with your hand. She did, and she watched the leather falls make a beautiful pattern. Now do it a little faster. There was a difference in the sound and the feel. She glanced up at him. Yes, exactly. It's capable of so many different sensations, and it can be mixed up as well. Variety, never knowing what to expect. I think I understand. You will. Oh, <laughs> you will. She lost her grip on the handle, but he caught the implement before it hit the hardwood floor. After placing it on a shelf, he reached into the drawer for something else. I have an additional suggestion for your first experience. This was already too much to take in. How much wilder could he make it? Braden pulled out a box. Frantically, she shook her head. Candles? Before you say no, have you ever played with wax? When I was a kid, yes. When I was younger and stupider. I'd pour it into my palm and roll it around. It cooled off quickly. Almost right away, she agreed. But it stung like hell, even though it caused no long-term damage. This is a different kind of wax. It burns at a much cooler temperature. She pursed her lips. I'm not convinced. But she didn't say no. Truthfully, she'd enjoyed playing with wax, turning her hand so that the little melted puddle formed different shapes. Let's try this then. He shook one of the candles out, then picked up a lighter from the drawer and touched the flame to the wick. Obstinately, she placed her hands behind her back, and he smiled. Then he extended his palm and drizzled a few drops on it before moving on to his forearm. He didn't flinch even once. Try it? She was fascinated. Either he was working hard not to betray a reaction, or it really didn't hurt. Lizzie, you have a safe word. Or humor me. Fine. She extended one hand, and cleverly he clamped down on her wrist so she couldn't pull away. In scared fascination, she watched him raise the tapered candle and slowly tip it to one side. The first red drop seemed to fall forever. Then it landed with the lightest, warmest of touches. Well? My palm has thick skin. She'd liked it, but she had no idea where he planned to do it next. It has to feel different on my naked body. Does it? Still holding her, he released another bit of wax, this time from a closer distance. Even though it was warmer than the previous one, it was nothing like she'd experienced when playing with candles on her own. Instantly, the droplet hardened over. It looks beautiful, doesn't it? The husky approval in his voice arced straight through her. And he was right. The way it combined with the other one was mesmerizing. Are you willing to try it on your forearm? Yes, she whispered as she screwed her eyes closed. Braden chuckled, but he was undeterred. A tiny sting seeped into her, followed by another and another. She opened her eyes to see him stroking her with his thumb, making small concentric circles. You were right, 
He met her eyes. How's that? It's beautiful. What was the pain level? Not much over a zero. The way he was touching her, with possession wrapped around sensuality, was pretty close to a 10. Should we add it to tonight's play? I want to try it. Anywhere I want? Breath vaporized from her lungs. Anywhere? It was about trust, but also about taking chances. A little part of her wanted to hold on to control. I can still use my safe word if I change my mind. She knew him well enough to guess where he was talking about. Of course, always. If you mean it. What was she getting into? Yes. His smile of approval made her giddy. It was very much part of his charm, and already she was becoming addicted to it. You're ready? On some level, she knew they'd already started, but she appreciated him being so purposeful. I am. Her voice warbled so much that the word was almost unintelligible. Lizzie drank in a little breath as he rewrapped her wrists. Then, holding the ends of the tie, he drew her toward his bedroom. At the sight of his broad, strong back, her mind reeled. Being led like this, her first act of submission, was mind-blowing. Nerves collided with sensual awakening and sent a flood of heat through her. When they reached the foot of the bed, he stopped. But her body hummed with anticipation. He was her dominant, and she was his very willing submissive. I want you to stand here without moving. His words were phrased politely, but there was barbed wire beneath them, strong and pointed. Lizzie remained where he indicated while he fetched the other toys from his closet and placed them on a nightstand. He left her alone in the room and then returned a minute later with a thick sheet of sorts. Intrigued, she watched while he spread it on top of the comforter. She expected him to tell her to climb up onto it, but he didn't. Instead, he crossed to a chair and sat. Come to me, Elizabeth. The use of her full name startled her. He'd done it on purpose, she knew. He was changing their relationship, making it more formal, and it had a dizzying effect on her. Her feet were leaden as she covered the short distance to stand before him, hands secured in front of her, exposed in a way she'd never been before. Good. He smiled again, and she took a breath she hadn't known she was holding. His kindness gave her courage. Spread your legs wide. He offered no assistance. Instead, he sat there, expecting her obedience. This whole thing was more emotionally challenging than she'd imagined it might be. But after hesitating for only a fraction of a second, she did as he said. I adore this side of you. He trailed a finger up the inside of her right thigh and continued until he reached her pussy. Lizzie moaned when he pulled away. Then he rubbed between her labia. She wanted to hold on to him and bury her face in his shoulder. As if he knew that, he placed a restraining hand on her hip. With her hands being tied, 
She was powerless to move. He stroked her and teased her, bringing her to the point of arousal again. Already he knew how to coax responses from her body. Now for your first spanking. He released the silken knot before assisting her over his lap. Touch your fingers to the floor. Once she was in position, he jostled her so that she was awkwardly perched, her rear end thrust into the air. Blood rushed to her face, and she knew it was more from embarrassment than from being all but upside down. She tensed her muscles, anticipating his first spank and the sear of pain that would come with it. As always, he surprised her. He caressed her thighs and buttocks, making her relax in ways that words would never accomplish. Then he delivered dozens of small taps that turned her on. Do you like this? It was too humiliating to admit how much he was arousing her. He began rubbing her skin again, this time a little faster and harder than before. You're doing well. Don't struggle against whatever is happening to you. Go with it. Was he part mind reader? He spanked her again, harder, then harder still. When she was whimpering, certain she couldn't take any more, he stroked her pussy, then slid a finger inside her. Oh, she moaned. This was amazing. The spanking pushed her somewhere deep inside her mind, but the way he toyed with her brought her back into her body. The combination was powerful. Suddenly, she understood why so many people sought this out. With slow strokes, he slipped his finger in and out of her, making her wet. She wriggled in a vain attempt to get him to go deeper inside her or bring her to orgasm. We'll go at my pace. He trapped her legs between his much more powerful ones, leaving her helpless. She whimpered, and he rewarded her with another sharp dozen spanks, and then going back deep inside her again with two fingers spread apart. Overwhelmed, she cried out his name. Enough? No. Not even close. From her peripheral vision, she saw him pick up the flogger. She tensed, but he did nothing more than trail the soft leather strands over her shoulders, down her back, across her thighs and ass cheeks before dangling them between her legs. Then abruptly, he tossed the toy onto the nightstand. Then, without speaking, he continued fucking her with his hand until she shattered, coming for him. Her fingertips could no longer hold her up, and she collapsed, her palms on the floor for support. Tenderly, Braden turned her over and gathered her against his strong chest. Suddenly chilled, she snuggled into him. That was your first spanking. Not wanting this heady feeling to go away, she remained where she was until her breathing returned to normal. Before she was quite ready, he helped her up. I'd like you to sit at the foot of the bed, Elizabeth. That tone. It was as uncompromising as it was forceful. Already he had the ability to make her mind whirl into a place she'd never been before. A little unsteady, she managed the few steps that took her to the middle of the room. Braden remained where he was, watching her. Were her buttocks red? With as tender as her skin felt, they had to be. 
Once she was perched on the edge, he stood and walked to her. Scoot back a little. With a little hip shimmy, something she was certain looked ungainly, she did. A bit farther, until your bottom is about a foot from me. Once he had her where he wanted her, he took hold of her shoulders and eased her down. Part your legs so I have access to your pussy. Fighting off the instinctive embarrassment, she followed his order. Perfect. You'll be rewarded with extra spanks for that. What? Extra spanks for behaving? He left her to reach for the tie, and she turned her head to the side so she could follow his movements. While she watched in fascinated fear, he wrapped its length around one hand, then slowly unwound it before returning to drop it next to her waist. Then he picked up the blindfold and offered it to her. Put it on, Elizabeth. This part was scarier than she'd imagined. Holding on to a vision of him, she placed the elastic band around her head, then secured the soft black material across her eyes. That's sexy. Now place your hands above your head. Slowly she did, wondering where he was, what he was thinking. She was more aware of her body than she ever had been. Her hard nipples, the waltz of goosebumps, the dampness between her legs, the scent of sex on her. He tied her wrists together. Test the bonds. She did, and there was very little slack. He slipped his finger between her skin and the fabric, checking the fit for himself. Light, stingy kisses assailed her, and she thrashed about. He had to be using the flogger, and he was using it on every inch of exposed skin, her shins, ribs, shoulders, even her breasts. Not knowing where the tips would land was maddening. I love it. And leather loves you, Elizabeth. He let the strands fall on her pussy, not hard, but enough to make her suck in her breath. Then his mouth was on her, and he was licking her clitoris and pressing his tongue into her. She needed to touch him and couldn't. She tossed her head from side to side, unsure if she was trying to escape or asking him to fill her completely. His oral skills undid her, and she came against his mouth. Brayden! Relentlessly, he used the flogger there again, then soothed the hurt with another orgasm. She lost track of the climaxes and hundreds, even thousands of bites from his flogger. Lizzie was panting, begging, pleading, offering her whole body to him. She was his to take and use as he pleased. Then suddenly, his voice penetrated the now familiar place his sex game spiraled her into. Are you ready for what's next, Elizabeth? Lizzie froze. How could anything possibly exceed what they'd already done? No matter how apprehensive she was, she wanted to experience everything he had planned for her. Chapter five. Damn. Before he pushed away from the bed, Braden took a moment to sweep his gaze over Lizzie's lush, naked body, pink from his flogger. Her long hair was sexy in its must disarray. 
In this moment of wild abandon, Lizzie was even more fucking spectacular than usual. She tugged against her bondage as she sucked in shallow breaths, and she wiggled about, wordlessly seeking his touch. His cock throbbed with incessant demand, but he forced himself to ignore it in favor of pleasing her. He'd never interacted with anyone in quite this way. His reputation was well earned. Braden knew it, and while he wasn't proud of it, he'd done little to change it. When he seemed, he did so with submissives at the local club. And when he dated, it was only with women who understood who he was and made relatively few demands on his time. He was happy to provide lavish gifts and expensive trips, but he'd been unfailingly frank about his decision to remain single. Companionship interested him on occasion, yet for the most part, he was content with running his business and spending time working out. But Lizzie was different. From the moment he'd seen her in his closet, something had been different for him. He wanted her with a fierceness he'd never experienced before. After he kissed her, he realized it was more than that. The scent of her remained in his room and on his body. At the party, she'd been every bit as in charge as the planner had been. She was competent and coolly collected. No doubt those were traits that made her great in her job as well. But they'd also be fabulous in a wife. Fuck. A wife? Not once had he considered getting married. A few of his friends had fallen in love. Jackson Mills had been the first to fall, and damn, he'd toppled hard. He'd even heard rumors that Jack Quinn was smitten with Sinead O'Malley, an up-and-coming musician and songwriter from an enemy clan. While Braden celebrated with his friends when they started looking at diamond rings, he silently questioned their sanity. Why bother? Half or more marriages ended in a hellishly expensive divorce. And how many of the ones that lasted were happy unions? He had to look no further than his own parents for that answer. Married over 30 years, living in separate houses for more than two decades. Not for him. But Lizzie. When he'd needed a break from his grandparents' celebration, he sought her out. Kissing her was spectacular. Her responses were honest and uninhibited. He couldn't wait to get her alone, and their connection grounded him. He liked having her in his house and in his life, and especially his bed. What would it take to keep her there? Taking care not to tug on her hair, Braden removed her blindfold. She blinked against the light and fixed her gaze on him before gifting him with a slow, soft smile. I want to be able to watch your reactions. He stood to light the tapered candlestick. Keep your legs spread, unless you would like me to tie them for you. Frantically, she shook her head, but she didn't protest or use a safe word, which meant she trusted him. While she watched, he drizzled some of the wax onto the front of his hand, offering her silent reassurance. She pressed her lips together, and he waited for a pool of liquid to form before tipping the candle and spilling it all onto her belly. With a moan, she arched her back. Braden swiped a finger through the wax to dissipate the heat and create an artistic swirl. 
Rather than ask what she thought of it, he pressed his thumb to her clit. Oh. Lizzie was still every bit as damp as she had been earlier. It was unbelievably easy to turn her on, and that made him want to wring orgasm after orgasm from her. He moved his hand higher toward the hollow of her throat. With her mouth parted, she closed her eyes. Keep them open. I want to be able to watch your reactions. I'll try. He moved his wrist to the left a bit to drizzle the melted wax onto her skin. As she panted, he continued, moving lower, between her breasts and ribcage, down her belly, to the top of her pubic bone. She started to close her legs. Elizabeth. Sorry, she whispered. But he had no intention of going there, yet. Braden continued down her right leg, then across to her left. She exhaled a shaky, relieved sigh. Without stopping, he went on, decorating his way back up the insides of her thighs. This time, when he reached her pussy, he stopped to lick her. He fingered her, finding her G-spot, and then he continued to tongue her until she began thrusting her hips in feminine demand. Braden pulled back then, parted her labia, and kissed her swollen clit with the wax. Oh, sweet God. Then she screamed Braden's name as she came. He grinned. She was absolutely perfect for him. We're not done. I'm not sure how much more I can take. Her eyes were wide, and she'd arched her back off the mattress. Let's find out, shall we? Relentlessly, he continued with the candle, moving his hand in various ways to cover swaths of her body, creating a work of art on her beautiful breasts. Then he toyed with her left nipple. I remember you're sensitive. More than ever, after what we've already done. He held the tip between his thumb and forefinger, then moved the candle closer than he had when he decorated her clit. Intentionally, Braden drew out the moment, enjoying the sight of her as she stared, wide-eyed, waiting for him to act. Do you want this, Elizabeth? It's so. Do you? She stared at the flame. Yes. Braden drizzled the wax on her imprisoned nipple. This time, when she closed her eyes, he didn't insist she open them. He'd seen what he needed to through the worst of it. Excitement, even if it was laced with trepidation. For minutes, he continued on, randomly marking her, never letting her know what to expect. Sometimes he was mere inches from her skin. At others, he was almost a foot away as he created a sensory experience he hoped she'd always remember. While she was lost, murmuring soft sighs, he blew out the flame, then touched her knee. I'll be right back. She shook her head in silent protest. As promised, he wasn't gone long. When he returned, he dabbed her pussy with a clean cloth, then wiped off the wax with a damp one. He spread her apart as he dried her. She appeared a little tender from their evening, 
and that made him grin. Tomorrow, there was no doubt she'd remember everything they'd shared. Are we going to have sex? That's up to you. Thank God. Deciding to leave the rest of his artwork in place, Braden dropped the cloth on the sheeting. I'll take that in a positive way. Yes. Exasperation and urgency tinged her answer. He took a condom from a drawer in the nightstand. How are your arms? They're fine. She shrugged a few times as if to prove it. For a second, he debated what to do. He'd enjoy having her sheath him, but keeping her tied appealed to his kinky side, and as a bonus, he'd be inside her faster. That thought swayed his decision. He checked her bondage to be sure she hadn't lost circulation. Regardless, he didn't want to leave her much longer, which was fine. He wasn't sure how much longer he could wait to be inside her. Lizzie stared at him as he removed his underwear. Oh. Oh? He grinned. Oh. She closed her legs. That's, I mean, you're- I haven't had a lot of complaints. He rolled the condom down his cock. Then he captured her ankles and drew her toward him. Lift your legs for me. He continued to guide her until he had her in the position he wanted, with her ankles framing his head and her pelvis flush with his. Braden inserted two fingers, moving them slowly in and out, spreading her, making sure she was ready for him before pressing his shaft against her entrance. Breathe, we'll do this slowly. She nodded. Once she took a breath, he slid his cock head inside her, then immediately pulled back. He repeated the motion again and again, going a little deeper with each stroke as she became wetter. Finally, he thrust hard one last time and filled her completely. In sweet invitation, her pussy muscles snuggled around him. They fit together well, and he'd happily do this with her every day for the rest of his life. That realization almost made him lose control, so he stopped and feathered his fingers across her clit. Brayden. Her voice trailed off, and she pressed her mouth closed. Slowly, he once again began to move, and he leaned forward a couple of inches, forcing her legs apart and allowing him a little deeper inside her. She whimpered. Too much? I'm just, no, close. He stroked her pussy harder, and he shortened his strokes, ensuring he stayed deep, creating a cadence that would allow her to surrender. Then he reached for her left nipple and pinched it hard. She arched her back, using her legs for leverage, and screamed as she orgasmed. If there was a sweeter sound, he hadn't heard it. He waited while she rode it out, murmuring words of approval, letting her know how perfect she was. Only then did he resume fucking her, losing himself and her sweetness. Braden's balls drew up, and he gritted his back teeth as he ejaculated deep inside her. He continued to hold on to her until his breathing returned to normal, and he once again became aware of the world around him. Lizzie was looking up at him, 
Her eyebrows were furrowed, and her head was tilted to one side as she studied him. I didn't know it could be like that, she admitted. Neither did he. The connection he shared with her was unlike any other. For the first time in his life, a woman had gotten to him, made him consider a future. Now that he'd found her, he didn't plan to let her go. I assure you, it's big enough for both of us. Lizzie looked at Braden's enormous bathtub, and she knew he was right. The problem was, she didn't want to climb into the inviting water with him. The sex they shared was magnificent, and her introduction to BDSM had exceeded all of her expectations. But what really ripped apart her carefully constructed world was the way he cared for her. After he'd orgasmed, he untangled their bodies, then he released her wrists and rubbed her skin before helping her to lower each arm in turn. Then he'd returned with a bottle of massage oil to remove the wax. While he cleaned up the bedroom, she rinsed off, then luxuriated in his steam shower. Then he filled the bathtub with water and invited her to join him. He offered his hand. Still, she hesitated. She was already wrapped in a towel and most of the way dry. It would be smarter to put some physical as well as emotional distance between them. But the truth was, she didn't want to. And what was her plan? To return to the guest room? Crawl back into his bed while he was in the bathroom? All of a sudden, her emotions were making things complicated. The morning would arrive soon enough, and she could sort through her thoughts and feelings then. After everything they'd shared, what harm could come from spending another few minutes together? Lizzie accepted his help, stepping into the far end, then bracing herself on the wall as she lowered herself into the depths. Come here. She went to him, and he wrapped his arms around her and tucked her hair to one side. Tell me about your experience. Do I have to? She wrinkled her nose and was glad her back was to him so he couldn't see her. That's part of the whole thing. Letting me know what you think. What worked, what didn't. I've never talked about sex before. Maybe not with others. His voice was soothing, helping push aside her inhibitions. But you will with me. It was life-changing. Everything I hoped it could be. The spanking? She shuddered. I'd be interested in trying that again. Even though it wouldn't, couldn't happen again. The flogger? Weird. He drew her back. How so? Like, it bites or stings, but it can also be gentle. I liked it. And the candle? Exquisite. Hot, but not too much. And when it hardens, it becomes... She frowned. It's hard to explain. Tight on my skin. She'd never experienced such an onslaught of reactions. One drop was hardening as another formed. 
So everything we did would go on your list of approved activities. Lizzie nodded. Then her mind skipped ahead to a future that was impossible. What other experiences were out there? He kissed the side of her neck. No other man had ever treated her like this. He'd set a standard that she wasn't sure anyone could live up to. When he tightened his grip around her, the emeralds in his ring glinted. Talking about it would be safer than discussing sex or sifting through the mess that was her emotional state. I've been wondering about something. Hmm? What's the significance of your owl? This one? He moved his finger. Rife was wearing the same one. Was he stalling? And there's a picture of your dad in the study, shaking hands with the president. I can't be entirely certain, but they look like yours. When he still didn't answer, she pressed on. Is it from a college fraternity or something? Or something. She twisted around so that she could look at him. His lips were set in a firm line, which meant he was stalling. It's different when I'm asking the questions, isn't it? I belong to an organization known as the Zetas. Lizzie frowned. I've never heard of it. Not many people have. Realization dawned. You're not talking about a secret society or something, are you? They didn't exist. She was convinced of it. When he didn't answer, she scooted back a little farther so she could study his reactions. You're not serious. He shrugged, asked and answered. Hypothetically, then. She wasn't sure how to phrase her question. If secret societies actually existed, would the Zetas be among them? That's quite a reach. But he hadn't said no. Suddenly it became clearer to her. Her mother's evasiveness. The dozens of photographs featuring Braden's grandfather and father with other notable people. The owl on the desk. The Z symbol on the rings and on a banner. You're a member of a secret society? What do you do, rule the world? He shrugged, denying nothing. Are you going to tell me more? She scooted away a little bit farther, this time to distance herself from him. We slept together. You expect honesty. It's an organization, yes. And we don't publicly talk about it. So that makes it secret, I suppose. But it's not nefarious. So what is it? Mostly, it does good in the world. Mostly? He smiled, but it didn't ease the tension in her. You would seize that word. The organization was formed in the 1800s by a group of men who were in a secret college fraternity. Years later, they decided to help each other in various ways, Referrals, business loans, that sort of thing. Why do I feel as if you're leaving out part of the story? We have a long list of charitable causes. Every year we have a two-week event on our estate in Louisiana. Members from all over the world attend for different parts of it. We discuss world events and exchange ideas. It's all very informal. A few workshops, 
And because we're in the same place at the same time, we get to spend time with people we wouldn't ordinarily see. And like any organization, there's a small group who run it. In this case, it's a steering committee. He shrugged. And it's my understanding it's every bit as boring as it sounds. Inviting speakers to the annual meeting, approving membership requests, coordinating volunteers for the charity events I mentioned. You're not telling me the interesting parts. That's all there is to it. He paused. Except for the bonfire and the sacrifice. Her eyes widened. <laughs> That's a joke. Well, the sacrifice is anyway. She couldn't tell fact from fiction. I'll find out on the internet. There won't be much there. If you have specific questions, come to me. You haven't exactly been forthcoming. I'll tell you more as time goes on. This wasn't the first time he'd mentioned them continuing a relationship, which was something she couldn't allow to happen. Since the water had cooled, he flipped the lever to drain it. Come back to bed with me, Lizzie. He was back to calling her the less formal name, and yet that had an intimacy that their BDSM lacked, and it affected her in a completely different way, making her more vulnerable to him. He climbed out of the bath and shucked the water from his skin before grabbing a big fluffy towel for her. After drying her off, he led her to the bedroom. While she'd been in the shower, he'd removed the sheeting and turned back the comforter. He'd also turned off the lights except for a dim lamp on the nightstand. There was a condom next to it. All along, he'd planned to seduce her again. And it worked. He lifted her up onto the mattress, then followed her. This time, after giving her a couple of orgasms, he donned the condom, then rolled onto his back and lifted her on top of him. Ride me, Lizzie. This was something else she'd never done, and she didn't need to tell him that. Without saying anything, he held her around the waist, keeping her steady while she lowered herself on him. Her pussy was sore from his flogger, his licking, kissing, melted drops of wax, and the earlier sex. Braden's cock was exceptionally thick and long. Earlier, she'd been unable to find the words to tell him that he was much larger than anyone else she'd been with. She was grateful they'd taken a bath together, otherwise she wasn't sure she'd be able to do this right now. Once she found the right position, straddling him and leaning slightly forward, she began to ride him, taking a bit at a time, then raising herself back up. Being in control was powerful, and she liked it. Exactly right. He cupped her breasts and squeezed them, driving her wild. The slightest bit of pain increased her pleasure ten times. She tossed her head, losing herself in the myriad sensations. He gripped her a little tighter, and her head fell back as an orgasm rushed through her, and seconds later, she was pinned beneath him, and he was fucking her hard as he looked down at her. Put your hands over your head for me. He wouldn't be denied, nor would she want to test him. Obeying him completely, she lifted her arms, and he pinned her wrists to the mattress. In a primitive way that needed no words, he possessed her. He captured her mouth in a searing kiss, and they came at the exact same moment. 
A wild energy rocked through her. She'd met all of his dominant demands with every part of herself, holding nothing back. Then, after a final shudder claimed him, he rolled to the side and tucked her against him. You're mine, sweet Lizzie. Make no mistake. His words rocked her. She was certain he meant what he said at that moment, while blinded by the heat of passion. Likely he said them to anyone. She closed her eyes and snuggled into him, determined to enjoy their remaining moments together. Because once a new day dawned, she would never see him again. Chapter Six How about dinner tonight, Lizzie? More than anything, this was the moment she'd been dreading. Since she couldn't find the words to respond, she remained silent. This morning, she'd awakened in his bed, still in his arms, and she hadn't wanted to move. She expected to feel some embarrassment from the night before, but she hadn't. Instead, she was at peace in a way she hadn't been for years. Having sex, seening with him, had been inevitable, at least for her. From the moment she'd been in his closet and discovered he was a dominant, she'd wanted to experience everything he had to offer. While he dozed, she'd slipped from his arms and escaped to the closet. By the time he threw back the sheet, she was wearing last night's dress and her heels. Braden suggested they go out to breakfast, and she politely refused, saying she had a lot to get done since she'd spent the entire day before helping her mother prepare for the party. He'd been adamant she stay for coffee, and he popped a couple of frozen waffles in the toaster oven. Those she wanted. Her mother had made them, and they were Lizzie's favorite. She was tempted to text her mom and ask for a stash of her own, but that would mean admitting she was at Braden's house. After eating, she picked up her phone to arrange for a ride, but Braden had been adamant that he was taking her home. His arms were folded, and it wasn't worth the argument. The drive to her downtown house took under 15 minutes, and the conversation in his luxury SUV was awkward. At the curb, she thanked him for the ride, then all but leaped out of the vehicle and hurried up the sidewalk. She shouldn't have been surprised when he followed. Now, with a trembling hand, she stuck the key in the lock, but she refused to turn it. If she opened the door, she might weaken and invite him in. Instead, standing there on the stoop, she faced him. There's a seafood restaurant that Rafe recommends. I'm sure I can get reservations. House seven. I'm sorry, Brayden. She shook her head, even as she told herself there was nothing to apologize for. He was merely going through the polite formalities that happened after he slept with a woman. Or maybe he meant it when he said he wanted to see her again. Perhaps he'd enjoyed the sex as much as she did, and actually did want to hook up again. But she had her rules about relationships. Career first, men second, and then only if they were interested in something long-term. And his reputation proved he was not. Seeing the world's most scandalous billionaire again would no doubt lead to certain, and maybe unrecoverable, heartbreak. Unfortunately for her, her emotions were already tied up in him. Lizzie. Don't. She gave a ghost of a smile that faded as quickly as it formed. 
Please. I enjoyed it, Brayden, really. But... But? Wishing he would leave didn't magically make him disappear. Can't we leave it at this? We had a nice evening. Nice? She swallowed. It was great, okay? Lizzie was stumbling all over her words. Going out, like, on a date is a bad idea. Like he had earlier in the day, he folded his arms, making him bigger, more intimidating, and damn it, more appealing, too. Today he wore jeans and a tight t-shirt that showed off his strong arms, making her remember the way he'd captured her and spanked her. You wanna fuck instead? Oh God, no! That wasn't what she meant. He was twisting her words. You came for me, multiple times. You slept in my arms the entire night. Now I wanna know what happened between last night and this morning. Lizzie glanced around to be sure none of the neighbors were watching. She didn't want to have a scene here, nor did she want to invite him inside. Braden, on the other hand, seemed not to give a damn about anything other than getting the answers he wanted. Look, not everything needs to be discussed. Let's agree to be friends. We can pretend it never happened. No fucking way, Lizzie. It happened. I'm taking responsibility for it, and so are you. Agreed. She gave him a smile so wide and so fake that it hurt her face. Responsibility taken. Her voice cracked. Thank you for a great experience. I'd like an explanation. What did I do that was so wrong? Nothing. In fact, he'd done everything right. His behavior was perfect. So perfect that he'd obviously spent years perfecting it. Talk to me, Lizzie. Then he refolded his arms, the gesture a little uncertain, as if he wasn't certain exactly what to do. More than anything, that got to her. Maybe if she was honest with him, he'd show her some mercy and not contact her again. I'm not going to be one of your numerous women, Braden. What the? His nostrils flared and his biceps bulged, as if he was fighting back anger. Is that what you think? Shocked by his reaction, she blinked. You're fucking making this up. No, and I resent your implication that I'm lying. Anger made her tone higher, but she wouldn't slow down to take a breath. Instead, she rushed on. I've seen what happens to the women you're involved with. You... You fuck them in the back of limousines and then smile for the cameras when you're caught. I won't have my name dragged through the muck in the gossip rags. I have to work for a living. I have a job that matters to me, one that I can't lose. My reputation matters. He took a step toward her, but she stood her ground. Convincing herself that she needed to end this was as difficult as convincing him. More than anyone, you should understand that I'm not from your world. Secret societies, scandalous liaisons that don't have real world consequences. Finally, she drew that much needed gulp of air. I don't date a lot and I never have casual sex and I mean that. Tears built in her eyes, but she refused to spill them. 
Last night wasn't casual to me, and that's why it can't happen again. It matters to me, and I'm nothing to you. Fuck. Fuck. Don't cry. Do not cry. You know, Lizzie. His voice was low, dangerously so. I'm fucking tired of you insulting me. The other day, you intimated that I would fire your mother because you were in my closet. He leaned toward her, so close that she could feel the heat that came off him in waves. You don't know a goddamn thing about me. Yeah, you're right that I've made mistakes, a pile of them that I regret. But sleeping with you is not among them. And you're wrong, so very wrong, if you believe it meant nothing to me. She wanted to believe him, but she couldn't take a risk that he wasn't being truthful. He knew women. He knew her. You mean something to me, Lizzie. And so does the trust you placed in me. I want to take you out, see where this goes, give you a chance to get to know me, not the man you think you know. Um. While she still could, she turned away. She fumbled with the lock, and he made no move to help her. Finally, the tumblers fell into place, and she opened the door. Lizzie, please. Goodbye, Brayden. She dashed inside and slammed the door closed. With a flick of her wrist, she slid the deadbolt into place before collapsing against the wall and letting her tears fall in a rush of anguish. Brayden had never allowed himself to get stupid over a woman. He didn't drown his sorrows, never mourned their leaving. But this time was different. This time the woman in question was Lizzie. And he was no longer on top of his game. Rafe arrived at the downtown bar near Buffalo Bayou several minutes ahead of Braden. He'd already chained up his bike and removed his helmet when Braden rode up. Pull a muscle or something? Rafe asked. He ignored the question. He'd poked at Rafe in the past when he was first smitten with hope. Now that things were different, Braden wasn't as jovial. After securing his own bike and unfastening the strap beneath his chin, he followed Rafe inside the bar. The host waved them in when they said they wanted their usual table on the patio. Fans hung from the overhead beams, and the blades churned through the humid evening air. Business problems? Rafe asked when they both had cold glasses of beer in front of them. No. That was fine. Better than usual. Maybe because of the hours he'd been putting in. Generally, he took a few evenings off a week, but since Lizzie had closed the door in his face almost a month ago, he'd worked 18 hours a day, and 20 on several occasions. Rafe took a drink and waited. Irritated, Braden slammed his glass onto a coaster. What's to say there's something wrong? Besides your riding speed and the fact your eyeballs look like you dragged them across sandpaper? He took a drink. Or perhaps it's your general assholish attitude. If we wanted that, we could have invited Jax. Jackson Mills was an internet marketing guru, though Braden didn't understand the man's appeal. Asshole was a great word for him. His staunchest allies said he was blunt, even to the point of rudeness, but that he was only being honest and telling people what they needed to hear. Some called him a motherfucker. 
Still, people who did as he ordered tended to have extraordinary success. He had some sort of intuition that the rest of the planet lacked. And recently, he'd taken a mighty fall from the sacred bachelorhood platform. Of course, he'd done it in Jackson style, telling the entire world Willow was the world's greatest woman. He ranted about how fortunate he was and how his recent marriage was the best in the history of the planet. Gonna tell me about it? Or should we just get drunk and stare at one another? I shouldn't. Brotherhood. The Zeta Society, known as the Titans. It was a bond that superseded all others. It's Lizzie. Ah. Rafe took a long drink. What the fuck does that mean? She asked for a transfer after this opening. She? Braden put down the glass he'd just picked up. You didn't know? How the hell would he? She hadn't taken his calls, and her mother didn't talk about her even when he asked. She's not interested in me. Not the impression I had that night at the party. Something about a reputation. What are you going to do about it? Braden scowled. If a man has changed, how would the woman he wants know that? How could she trust it? Roses? Works with some. Rafe shrugged. I tried it myself. Painful experience. You ever been in a flower shop? Once is enough. He took another fortifying drink. But would the woman in question think he's just trying to get back in her good graces? Was that what he'd been trying to do? She'd accused him of being a womanizer. And maybe that was true. Had been true. Until her. From the moment they'd reconnected, something had changed in him. Lizzie wasn't like any other woman. She was honest, and she'd hidden none of her reactions. But there was more. Years of knowing her, of talking at the kitchen counter. She'd never changed. Instead, she'd blossomed into more of who she was. He admired her determination to hold on to that. Can you blame her? What? Braden shook his head. Some women don't want flowers or pretty words. They need commitment. He shuddered. Rafe signaled for the server to bring them another round. There's a trade-off. Always. My parents, yours, fuck even Jackson's. Rafe's dad had taken off with a younger woman, almost wrecking the family business. Jackson had grown up in such a screwed up dysfunctional house that it was amazing he was even halfway normal. No one would blame you if you keep doing what you're doing. Their fresh drinks arrived. As he picked up his glass, he studied Rafe. You happy? Yeah. Rafe took a drink. Never thought I would be, but he took a second drink. Here I am, having a partner, someone to wake up next to, talk to, and her damn cat. He grinned stupidly. A cat? Seriously? A cat? The colonel, though she may be due for a promotion soon, she's even more bossy than ever. A cat? Earth to Rafe. I'll give it to you straight, he said once he stopped grinning. 
Being with someone who has your back? He shook his head. Makes everything worthwhile. You just get to choose what you want. The conversation turned to business, the Astros baseball team, then to football. After nachos and street tacos, they said their goodbyes. Rafe was going straight home, while Braden wanted to work off some of his tension. Hours later, it was dark, and the exercise hadn't helped. Do you want to go with me to my aunt's? Lizzie asked Crystal after they collapsed at the Galleria's food court following their latest shopping expedition. Because Lizzie had been so down, she'd gone shopping every weekend. Oh my God, tell me it's not triple T night. Yeah, it is. For Lizzie, it was likely to be heavy on the tequila. I knew I shouldn't have procrastinated on my meal prep. On the other hand, you might be able to talk Aunt Virginia into giving you a to-go box, and then you wouldn't have to worry about tomorrow's lunch. Damn, girl, you know how to tempt me. But no, right? The truth was, Lizzie would appreciate her friend providing a distraction. Her mother had noticed her listlessness and the way she'd gotten teary-eyed when she'd held Estella's newborn baby girl. She'd managed to make her getaway before mom could corner her, but earlier she'd texted to say she wanted to talk. Her time was up, and she had no idea what she was going to say. Any word from the guy you bought the dress for? I didn't buy the dress for him. Oh, girl, you're lying, and you know it. Crystal grinned. Fine, yes, I heard from him. Twice, he'd had flowers delivered to her office. She'd promptly put them on the front desk for others to enjoy and so that she didn't have to think about him every time she looked at them or inhaled their fragrance. He can't be ugly. No. She shook her head with a grin. Definitely not. A full-on hottie. Crystal picked up a napkin and waved it in front of her face. After they both succumbed to a round of giggles, she tried again. So he has to be craptacular in bed. No. Ha! You slept with him. Instead of answering, she uncapped her water bottle and took a long drink to hide her embarrassment. So what's the problem? Oh, wait. He's unemployed. Bastard needs to get a job. He's loaded. In fact, she knew more about him than ever before. In the days right after he'd taken her home, she'd spent hours doing research about him and the Zeta Society. She learned Braden hadn't followed his father into the family business, but rather he went to work for a brokerage firm, then started his own company when he attained a seven-figure income. No doubt his influential friends allowed him access to their portfolios. The service he offered was unique. He spent his days talking to people, flying around the world, connecting investors with opportunities, some of which were incredibly risky but carried great potential. And there was precious little on the internet about the Zetas, but she now knew its members were known as Zetas. I'm running out of things here. Help me out. He was mean to you, is that it? It better not have been, because I'll deck him. The image of five-foot-nothing Crystal taking on Braden was comical. Help me out before I ask what's wrong with you. I don't want to be girlfriend number 6,000. Oh. Crystal stabbed her straw in her diet soda. Well, fucky doodle. And girlfriend is a loose term. 
more like a series of affairs. You were right to dump him. Was that what she had done? It didn't feel like that to her. Well, anyway, I told Rafe that I'm up for a transfer once this hotel is open. It might be another month or so, which definitely seemed a lifetime away. Where? When she opened hotels, Crystal often traveled to join Lizzie. She arranged comped rooms, and as a result, they'd spent time in a number of cities, including a couple overseas. Not sure yet. Ask for Singapore. I'm not sure we're ready to do that yet. Crystal stabbed her drink again. Somewhere exotic. I did tell Rafe I was willing to go overseas. They chatted for a few minutes before Lizzie had to leave to drive to her aunt's house. And once she arrived, she was glad she decided to go. Being surrounded by the noise and mayhem and a shot of tequila was just what she needed to throw off the shroud of melancholy that had dropped on her shoulders while she was talking to Crystal. And since she was in such a good mood, Lizzie sought out her mother in the kitchen. Might as well get it over with before the tequila buzz faded and she had to drive home. She picked up a towel and began drying the dishes her mom had just rinsed. Something's bothering you. You didn't avoid me for this long even when you were a teenager. Man problems. Lizzie wasn't squeamish talking about relationship problems with her mother, but the fact was, she rarely had any trouble. She had her priorities in order, and she never had trouble moving on. Work issues? I met your boss that day, you know, at the Gallagher's party. He said very nice things about you, so it can't be that. It's not. So it's a man. Brayden. There, she'd blurted it out. Eileen grinned. I knew it. What? So she didn't drop it, Lizzie put down the glass she was holding. Around them, other conversations droned, drowning out their discussion. Someone was yelling, shots, 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 in the dining room, and someone else had turned on the television, and Estella's baby began to cry. Sunday evening at Aunt Virginia's. Truthfully, there wasn't anywhere she'd rather be. He's a good man. She turned her back to the counter so she could look at her mom better. He needs a good woman. I don't know about that. He's got a million or so hanging around. Are you certain? Her mother would know. But I found his tie in the living room. Did you ask him about it? Are you telling me there's a simple explanation and that the woman might not be Braden's? She struggled for the right word. Girlfriend? I think it's easy to make judgments. How well do you really know him? He's a titan. Good, I'm glad he told you about it. He doesn't share that information. Lizzie's mind spun off in a dozen different directions. Had she been wrong about him? Had she falsely accused him of things she didn't know about? I know it was difficult for you not having a father but don't let that poison the rest of your life. Eileen touched Lizzie's wrist. You deserve happiness. Somehow, Lizzie made it through the rest of the evening. She didn't sleep much at home, and when she did, her dreams were tortured by thoughts of Braden and the fact that she'd let fear stand in her way rather than giving him a chance.
Chapter 7 Halfway up the driveway, Lizzie stopped her car in shock. Braden was on her front doorstep, pacing back and forth, his hair raked back and his blue tie askew. She wasn't sure he'd ever looked more handsome. For long moments, she sat there, debating what to do. But he made the decision easier. Obviously sensing her indecision, he jogged down the steps and followed the path leading to the driveway. Then he shoved his hands into his pockets and waited while she moved the gear shifter into park. He rocked back and forth as he waited for her to exit. And when she did, he took a respectful step back. Lizzie. His voice cracked, and so did the ice around her heart. How long had he been here, standing outside in the relentless Houston heat and humidity? I, he gave a rueful grin. I had a speech. Jackson helped me with it even. Jackson? Jackson Mills. You know, the internet star who has magical woo-woo words for every occasion. I adore him. And Braden for taking a risk and asking his friend. Tell me to leave if you want, and I promise I'll never contact you again. That might be the safer option. But since she'd seen him last, she'd been an emotional wreck. It was difficult to believe that an actual breakup could be any worse. The time she'd spent with him had been wonderful, and she knew that if they were together, there would be dozens, hundreds of other experiences that would be equally spectacular. If she refused to take a risk, she might not have further pain, but she'd also miss out on the joy. In the end, which was worse? I've missed you, he said. I've been walking around the house at night. When you were there, I had a sense of comfort. I didn't realize that until after you left. And I talked to Rafe. She blushed, not sure how she felt about that. He was her boss. Quickly, he shook his head. Not about you, or us. About my reputation. Love. How to show a woman you've changed. I think I... Could she be less brave than he was? May have been too quick to judge. My dad, he, uh, abandoned us. She shrugged. You probably know all about my family, though. After all, he spent as much time with her mom as she did. I saw how many hours my mom had to work to take care of me. The sacrifices she made, the years we lived with family and shared a bedroom. I didn't want to make any bad choices when it came to men. So that meant I've been unwilling to take any risks. Maybe I'm glad. I might delude myself into believing you've been saving yourself for me. His smile was endearing. He still hadn't come closer, and he was still nervously moving his hands around in his pockets. I need to be honest, Brayden. I'm not interested in being someone you forget tomorrow. Lizzie. Lizzie, I won't forget you tomorrow, or in a million tomorrows. Then, in her driveway, 
mindless of anyone who might drive by or be outside watching, he dropped to one knee. I love you. She grabbed hold of the car door for support. A part of her might have adored him for years, since the time he was kind to her when she was younger, less confident. Will you marry me? He pulled out a ring with a gigantic diamond. She'd never seen anything that size. Why? He blinked. Why? I, I didn't expect this. She shook her head. Not in a million years. Brayden, you don't need to do this. We can date. She blushed. Have sex. That's not what I want. She was confused. You're the one, Lizzie. You're not someone I want to date or have an affair with. You're the woman I want to marry, to cherish and adore for all eternity. The picture he created was one she wanted with all of her being. Yet she still tried to be practical. One of them needed to be. We don't know each other that well. Is that true? I've known you most of my life. I know you're honest, you have integrity, and damnably high standards. He smiled up at her. You'll demand that your husband behave in a certain way. And I want to be that man for you. I want to be the father of your children. Let me prove myself worthy of your love every single day. Brayden. Her heart exploded with love. Marry me, Elizabeth, Lizzie, Ryan. But, tell me, my career, I don't want to quit. But she didn't want to be away from Braden either. We can figure it out. I can work from almost anywhere. Or you can fly home from time to time. I'm not asking you to give up anything. I'm asking you to let me give you more than you ever imagined. After what he'd gone through, she knew he would never abandon her. Lizzie closed her eyes, wanting to pinch herself. Was it truly possible for dreams to come true? Be my bride, the other half of me, the one I go through life with. Yes, yes. A thousand times, a thousand times a thousand. I love you, Brayden Gallagher. He slipped the ring on her finger, and the fit was perfect. Honestly, she didn't care about the diamond. She cared about the man. Then he stood. I have champagne chilling in a cooler in my car. Of course he did. He took a couple of steps toward his vehicle, then stopped and came back. Seeing him uncertain made her heart swell even more. I didn't think this through. He shrugged. I want to carry you in the house, but we have the champagne. Can it wait? He quirked an eyebrow in a way that let her know he was interested in what she had to say. I'd rather have you. The champagne can wait, but I can't. He scooped her from the ground and into his arms and carried her toward their future.
Suddenly, the sun burst through a cloud, and she smiled as she rested her cheek on his suit coat. Their future looked very bright indeed. This has been Scandalous Billionaire by Sierra Cartwright. Read for you by Kit Swan. Hey, we're back. Welcome. Hey. Homies, we're back. So hot. Awesome. <laughs> so hot. So hot. Sometimes you just need a billionaire. Um, like, sometimes you just need to read about a guy who has no financial <laughs> issues whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I need that too. Can we get that? <laughs> like, I really, I write blue collar sounds amazing. 90, 95% mm. of the time. I write guys that have, like, real, uh-huh. um, like, work in factory or or cops mm-hmm. or something and like money is not money is an object really in that world not that it yeah. not that that's the plot of the book but um but they just thinking yeah. about like a guy that just has no limit to his bank account sometimes no that's problems nice. yeah no problems nice. <laughs> so Sierra Cartwright can deliver on that so go to Amazon where we'll be at, you know promoting her stuff all over our social media this week. So make mm-hmm. sure you're a member of Read Me Romance headquarters. And if you go to readmeromance.com, Mel will have like links to all of her releases and all of the new releases this week from other authors. So and she works really hard to put that together. So go check it out. Do you guys have anything else? Follow us on Instagram. And now we're on YouTube. So if you want to see what Tessa's office looks like, <laughs> um, <laughs> tune in to YouTube and get a bird's eye view yes, of it. I, sh- I don't think I showed it off. So, yeah. uh, I just showed it to you guys, right? Yeah. Just on Monday. Oh, did you? You tilted know. the camera. We no, she tilted the, ca- the camera a little bit. Yeah, but we were recording when we did that. Okay, well, I'll do I'll do a little video if Leo Leo will remind me. Oh, I'll do a, a little idea. panoramic view video. Okay, so next week on the podcast we have Michelle Mills. She's bringing us some sci-fi, some hot sci-fi stuff. So you definitely want to be here yes. for that. And Leah, tell them mm-hmm. what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a Bye. dick. Bye. Bye. Read me romance. Read read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance.